You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Onyx Hunt, Final Rise, and Anookshook Professional Dog Food. And thanks for joining us on episode 88 with David Stover, part one. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson, and I'm coming to you from a late June rainy day here in Colorado. We've been having some record-setting rains over the past month and a half, which has been fantastic. Um, I'm I'm sure it's been raining other parts of the country as well, and uh, you know what that means. It's going to be good for... uh, birds (laughs) this this fall um i was talking with my wife the other day and she's like why are you so excited about the rain i was like this is so good i was was checking some other states and some other areas their rain forecast and i had to explain the whole thing to her on you know more rain more bugs more bugs better food better habitat for upland birds this fall so i'm very excited hey before we go too much further we're going to dive into our sponsors onyx hunt Guys, Onyx Hunt is the number one digital mapping software in the world. It is not just something to use when September rolls around. No, it is something to be checking, if you're like me, checking every other day <laughs> at some at some point. Uh, I'm on Onyx, checking out new areas, dropping pins, trying to reorganize my Onyx right now as well. But um, it is not just a piece of gear. It's not just a, a tool that you use. Um, it is, I believe, an essential part of hunting. Whether you hunt big game, small game, birds, turkey, um, or whether you like off-roading, you want off-road, you're into jeeping, um, four-wheel trails, whatever it might be, Onyx Hunt has you covered. Uh, they have some amazing software. They have an amazing team over there as well that is uh, just putting together an incredible product that you definitely need to check out. Onyxhunt.com. Use promo code ROOKIE20 to save you 20% off your Onyx Hunt membership today um also want to thank final rise final rise is making the most premium high quality upland gear out there uh it is the only vest i will use and it's going to be the only gun case i throw my uh over under 20 gauge in so uh making some great gear gloves uh vests uh, you name it they got some incredible stuff check out matt davis and the final rise team over at finalrise.com also want to thank Anook Shook Professional Dog Food. Uh, guys, Anook Shook, um, actually on this episode, uh, David and I talk a little bit about Anook Shook. Um, he's been using it as well for his kennel. I've been using it for a couple years now. Uh, it's been in great food. I've seen great results with my dogs, great energy, great weight. Um, they're getting the calories. They're getting getting the nutrition I know they need. Um, they're just making a great product. Um, check out Anook Shook reseller near you. Um, it's a great program. It's going to be cheaper than buying it off Chewy. But if you want to buy it off Chewy, feel free to as well. But check out a trusted reseller in your area today from anookshookpro.com. All right, guys, we're going to dive into today's episode. Sorry, my wife is calling me right now. It's the second time she called me in a row. I keep ignoring it. It's because I'm in I'm in a roll right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm recording an intro. Um, so hopefully she doesn't call a third time because that would mean something is up hey guys it is late june we are um getting closer i think we're 11 weeks now until bird season opens uh if you're like me i'm looking at the target date of september 1st uh september 1st cannot come soon enough 
I've been diving back into Onyx, uh, checking out maps, talking with some people about plans and and what the fall is going to look like. I definitely am still firming up what my fall will look like, probably up until... um, My plans won't be settled until... probably late August, to be honest with you. Um, we got a couple things with the family, um, obviously work stuff. And then, uh, my son's hockey schedule, all that stuff. So, um, but I'm, I'm starting to make some, some rough plans, some rough drafts, uh, you might say of where, where I'm going, where I'm headed, what I'm chasing, all that good stuff. So, um, I'm definitely gonna be getting out there. Uh, win engage have been, uh, chomping at the bit (laughs) chomping at the bit um so you may have saw a story i posted the other day um i did forget a quail in my final rise vest in the back of my uh drawer system in my truck (laughs) and uh let me tell you don't forget to check your game vest after you train or after after a hunt even um, forgot a quail back there and, uh, it was, it was pretty bad. Not gonna lie. Um, uh, I'm going to need to clean out this final rise vest. Um, my, my deck drawer stinks still. I think it like the, the odor penetrated the plastic or the, um, whatever it's made out of, whatever the deck system's made out of it. It it's inside the drawer now it's inside the fibers of everything in there. So, um, I don't know what I need to do. Baking soda, something bleach. I don't know. So if you have any recommendations how to get stink out of a deck drawer, let me know because uh, it's pretty bad right now. Um, but it's a PSA, public service announcement. Yeah, yeah I got that right. Check your drawers. <laughs> Check your uh, your game vest after you get out and train. Um, anyways, season's coming. Um, roading is underway. Uh, I've had win and gauge out a couple days here and there. Um, getting them on the bike and, uh, it's one of my, one of my favorite things to do in the summer. Honestly, it's, it's just time with me and the dogs to, uh, get some, I know I'm working them to some degree. Um, and I, I enjoy it as well. I enjoy just going for a couple mile ride, getting them worked. Um, I still have not tried both of them at one time. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Um, I don't know if that'll happen this year or not, but I've just been taking them out single rides so far. So, um, Anyways, I'll do probably another episode just on roading. Again, what I do, not saying it's the end-all be-all, but um, kind of what I do. I'm in the burbs. I got to get creative. And um, But if you want to know more uh, on the roading stuff, I did an episode with Ryan Mulcahy. Uh, him and I talked a little bit more about roading dogs in depth. Um, definitely check out that one. I did a, a solo episode last summer. I'm talking about uh, biking a dog and, and getting kind of my setup, what I do, but I'll try to do an updated one. Uh, I keep getting lots of questions uh, on that pretty consistently throughout the year. So I'll try to uh, throw another episode up there um, here pretty soon. So anyways, guys, um, I think that's about it. Um, yeah, we're going to dive in. Um, we got David Stover from Fit Point Bird Dogs. Uh, we talk about his story, upbringing, kennel he started, um, why he started it, his hunting journey, hunt test, a little bit of NAVDA. Um, and yeah, we just unpack his story. It was a really fun conversation. I love getting to chat with David. He's, uh, he's been on my, my short list of guests to have on here for quite a while. And, uh, I was glad we were able to, uh, finally able to, uh, get it worked out and get him on here for an episode. So Anyways, stay tuned. Um, over the summer, I'll have some fun giveaways happening. I got uh, a cool one in the works here. Uh, can't tell you who it's with yet, but stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be running that giveaway here through Patreon. Uh, so if you're not signed up already, get signed up now. 
sorry, Wind's, Wind's barking in the background here. She's in her gunner just staring at me. <laughs> She's like, let me out. Um, but anyways, get signed up on patreon.com and I uh, got some really fun giveaways coming up this summer. So anyways, guys, hope you enjoy this episode with David Stover. Do you do a lot of the filming yourself? All of it. All <laughs> that's, that's stressful, man. It is. I, I say all the time that there's never, if I'm in the field, I've got at least one camera running, but typically there's two or three different, you know, locations and, what it started as was more of a way for me to be able to, I go back every night and look at the footage of the dogs in the field. So I can see if while my back is turned and I'm flushing that bird, what is that dog doing? Yeah. Or, you know, is that dog, especially when I first am transitioning from the gun break to that first bird that we're going to kill over it is my, actually I do, my wife will come out, I'll put a drone up just so I can see, is there any flinch? Is there, you know, any type of negative reaction that I need to, to address before we move forward. And so it's a way for me to keep a check on that. But also too, I get a lot of good footage to do, you know, post social media so, kind of so stuff. So you're doing, and, um, you're doing kind of like a video review then you're, you're not just using night. this for social media. You're actually learning from this. It sounds like. It, it, yeah. Every night it, it's a, I sit down and um, you know, there are times depending on what it is, especially on the ones where it's the first time I, I shot a 20 gauge over top of them. Cause I step from blank 410 sometimes, uh, but usually you just go blank 20 gauge and it's, you know, frame by frame. Did that dog flinch? Did it move? Did it, you know, where's it at? And, um, you know, so it's just kind of no different than I guess watching football film or something. <laughs> yeah. Else. Yeah. You're going, the ability to, you're going into the film room and going, okay, you know, well, let's yeah. break it down. And that's, that's an yeah. interesting uh, little perspective there, or I guess yeah. an interesting tool to use. Yeah, it is. And like I said, good byproduct because I can, you know, edit it however I want and use it for whatever. But it, it's, you know, truly did start out and still is a major tool for me. And, yeah, yeah. You know, but it... Uh, will, uh, will, you, will you pretty much do that for any dog you're training or do, do, does a dog have to have... Do you have to have enough confidence in a dog to get the recording equipment out and do some film? Every dog. Okay. Every dog. Yeah. So um, we've got... One, I've had two dropped off this week. I've got two that I've just finished. Um, and from the beginning one, it's, you know, I do it. Another, another byproduct of it as well is, is I can send, you know, kind of updates of this, is what I worked on with pup today to the, cl to the clients and sure. kind of let them be a part of it. Um, but yeah, every dog it'll, it'll be, and then it gets to the point, you know, where there are those, to me, the, the pivotal moments especially, and I keep going back to it, but that, that first bird, that first sure. live shot over top of it, that, you know, without fail, we'll, we'll video real intensively. And then there may be days, depending on what we're working, it's, you know, Hey, they've got this, it's just a little reinforcement then, you know, may, may not have a camera out, but usually sure. we always do. Sure. So. Wait, this, this is kind of, kind of random, but there's gotta be a time when, when has the filming process gotten in the way? Has, has there been any, any fumbles, any mistakes where you're like, why did I, why did I break the camera out? <laughs> there, there have been multiple, um, usually. So I use a, a DJI drone and so they've got the real neat, I can highlight myself on the, the screen and it, it'll just follow me. But a lot of times what I'll do is I'll put her in a circle pattern over top of me. And there have been times that that bird has wanted to flush and I go to, sh and there's that drone, like, ah, <laughs> not right now. Oh, or I've got man. a camera set on a tripod and the bird will flush and it'll be a low flyer. And I'm trying like, no, <laughs> can't, can't take out that, that piece of gear. 
Nope. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. You're like, hold up, hold up. Yep. <laughs> oh man. It te- I mean, again, it's, it's fun to look, see the progress like you're talking about and kind of watch some of that stuff back. So I've, I've done a little bit just with my iPhone, just, you know, some yeah. either camera recording or, or a couple shots, but it's, uh, it's, it's an extra, extra step for sure. You think you have to get your brain and just used to like yeah. preparing for that. And then, then you have to transition to, okay, this is, we're working the dog or whatever drill you're working on. So I know yeah. it's, it's a process for sure. It is. And it's, it's kind of, you know, <clears throat> when it comes to content stuff, um, you know, typically I'll have an idea of what I want or what I'm looking for, but it's the training and the dog always take priority. So I may go out and set a camera up in this angle thinking, Hey, this will look really good dog be able to find a bird. But if, you know, something happens in the meantime, I've got to stop and correct it. Then it is what it is. Sure. And it's just, you know, the, the, the cool stuff comes secondary to what, the, yep. what we're out there for, but it's absolutely also too. It's like you said, it, it goes South and I'm like, man, I've got all these cameras set up and <laughs> you know, all of them recording at the same time. It's just yeah. like, man, it's a process well david let's uh let's back up just a second here and we kind of dove right in but let's uh let's get to know you a little bit more uh tell us uh who you are uh maybe a little bit about yourself and then put us on a map where are you talking to us from okay um david stover the owner of faith in the point bird dogs we are located in trafalgar indiana it's about 35 minutes due south of indianapolis um kind of by happenstance, I guess, or Lord works in his ways and brought us here. I'm originally from Virginia. My wife is from Washington state. Um, I am a couple months away. September 30th is my actual retirement date from the army 23 years. And so, um, you say 23, 23 years. Wow. Okay. Wow. So what a, what a career (laughs) it's been ups and downs, good and bad. And, but it, it was time that, we started the business in preparation for retirement, okay. thinking that it would take a while to gain traction and to get to the point where it was able to financially support the family. And we were blessed and it didn't. Um, you know, it kind of took off and we got to the point where it was, hey, we're either going to need to really stop the momentum on with the business side or go ahead and look at retiring. Hmm. Um, I had, you know, intended to try to give them till 25 years and just started crunching numbers and sure. said that the difference in pension between a 23 and 25 just wasn't worth it gotcha. to stick around. Um, and, you know, the army sent us here to at Camp Atterbury is where we're stationed at. Okay. Um, as we've been here about four years ago, I'd never heard of the place. Like <laughs> who moves to Indiana and got here and just <laughs> fell in love. And so decided to grow roots and that's kind of where we're at. Wow. And, and how long have you been in Indiana in the location you're in now? Right at um, four years. Okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Four years, which was when we moved here, it was our fourth move in four years. We had oh. just been one place to the next. Sure. And it was, I am, I'm done with that. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're ready to plant some, <laughs> plant some roots, like you yes, said, sir. and get the family, uh, get the family settled. So, um, yeah. that's awesome, man. Well, let's, um, I know I want to dive into the kennel and, and starting faith in the point bird dogs and all that stuff, but let's back up even further. If you don't mind, mm-hmm. uh, talk a little bit about, uh, your, your love and passion for bird dogs hunting. Where did that develop? Did that develop later in life? Was that something you grew up with? Like take us through that journey. Yeah. Hunting in general and outdoors is I grew up around. Um, I got a picture over here on the bookshelf of, um, you know, my papa and I hunting, I, I was too young to hold the, the 22. And <laughs> I, I remember 
that day he, he saw the squirrel and he aimed her gun and I just reached in and pulled the trigger <laughs> for him. And, you know, that was kind of the start to, to hunting in general. And then it was, you know, small game, big game. Um, bird hunting stuff was later in life because I'd say, uh, as anybody who runs Bird Dog knows, that's a financial investment. And <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So that would, that came, that definitely came later. Um, you know, I remember we were, I was out deer hunting with my grandpa. We were going into an evening stand, coming across the field and we flushed a pheasant and, you know, he pointed it out and I'll never forget just the colors of that bird, mm. you know, raising, you know, coming up and I was like, man, that's something that kind of always stuck with me. Um, and then, you know, being in the army, it's, you, you can have dogs, but it's just not a good situation for anybody, sure. uh, dog or us with all the moves and whatnot. So once we decided that, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to retire, let's start the business. Then it was like, okay, let's get all the dogs. Mm. So <laughs> then it's like, you know, you start out one or two and next thing you know, you got a kennel full and it's just like, <laughs> when is enough enough? <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's snowballs, man. It's like, it's like drinking from a fire hose. You just, you, once you get in, it's like you want all of it at once. Oh yeah. <laughs> As we look at, so we do, um, you know, hunt test, AKC, NABDA, but we're looking at with, with the extra time that I have retired now. And I air quote this, cause I don't know how I had time to ever go to work with this busy as I stay now. Sure. Um, looking at crossing into the NGSPA and start doing some horseback field traveling stuff. Oh, okay. So it's like, oh, cool. I, I need dogs that, It'll range far. I need dogs sure. that'll range close for all you know, the things. The whole mix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exciting, man. It's an exciting, exciting time to be in. Um, so then once you, okay. So once you wanted to start, kind of start the business and the kennel, um, did you have any personal dogs prior to that? Or once you kind of decided, Hey, this is kind of where we want to go with heading into retirement. Is that when you kind of started getting the dogs and, and that stuff or. No, that's when the, the dogs started multiplying. Okay. Um, had a short hair that we trained, hunted with, and you know, that was our our girl. She's still still around. Um, the she's kind of the boss around here. <laughs> but we um, before the the business you know started to kind of be, we we did a breeding with her. Got five days within. Um, Welp started acting funny. Long story short, one of the pups had died in the womb and started to decay, infected the rest of them. So we ended up having to spay her, lost a whole litter to, to save her. And it's like, you know, Hey, you know, she can't breed, but it's a good hunting dog. And that's my girl. Sure. So, sure. You know? And then after that, we're like, okay, Hey, let's really kind of find a good, you know, a solid pedigree to start our, you know, our foundation from or sure. whatnot. And did a lot of search and talked to a lot of different people. Um, and then went down to, to Georgia um, couple by the name there, RB Wiley's RBK, um, rough on birds kennels down in Georgia, Tommy and Debbie Wiley, and, uh, went down to get a dog and came back with three. <laughs> and, uh, it's funny how that happens. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, we got two in the dog box in the back and one in the cab with us. This is <laughs> a good recruiting trip. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay. So with the GSPs then, did you kind of know early on, like that was, that was just the dog you were going to get once you started hunting? Yes, sir. Okay. Was there any question? Was there any like consideration or, or why the, why the GSP? No. So we looked at, and this goes back years. I mean, back army days, you know, I grew up, um, Virginia, West Virginia hunting, you know, beagles, labs, you know, waterfowl, beagles. They, we never personally did it, but, um, big on running dog or running 
the beagles for deer. Okay. Um, we ran them for rabbit a lot, squirrel. And then, but I wanted something that was, had that versatility, but yet a good family, you know, bring it in the house and love it sure. up. And it's just a good, good all around dog. Sure. Um, you know, the ability when it comes to the um, short hairs where you can have them trained in different areas from blood trailing a deer to, you know, waterfowl retrieve to, you know, upland stuff, just to be able to do all of that with one dog, it just sure. really appealed to me. It was like, that's, that's the way we're going to go when it's time to, yeah. to be an adult and have my own dogs. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of get hooked before you're even hooked, really. That's before it. you even have them. Um, with GSPs, this is something I... Again, I know so I'm, I'm big on bloodlines, pedigrees, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. With GS, GSP specifically, um, were there some some pedigrees that, again, you're you're still looking at ones that you've looked at in the past that are kind of stand out and, and what makes them what makes them unique, what makes them special? Can you educate me on that a little bit? Yeah. So for me, and everybody's got, I believe that you know everyone who looks at pedigrees looking for something different. Sure. Um, for us, I like to see a good mixture of, you know, hunt test stuff, AKC side. I like to look and see what they have done in NAVDA side, um, field trial side. And then a, a big piece for us is the, the health testing aspect of it. Mm. Um, there are a lot of, of breeders who you know, go and their dogs will perform. But when you start looking at, at genetics and what it, what is happening down trace of those original dogs, you know, what, what are we seeing health wise? Sure. Um, so I kind of take a look at it, all of it and, um, you know, kind of go from there okay. as far as what, you know, what we're looking for or whatnot. And, yeah. you know, I'll be first say a pedigree full of titles doesn't mean that dog's going to hunt or, or be good, sure. but I think it's an indicator of, of the ability to get it trained and what the prey drive may be or should be hopefully. Sure. Um, you know, but I think that the testing is a vital part to proving what your dog or what your pedigree and your breeding is still doing or still mm. capable of. Yeah. I, I talked to a lot of people. I've got a dog here now that, um, the guy who's here from Indiana had driven out to South Dakota to get the dog and, you know, like three generations back, there were some titles and then, well, we just decided we just want to start hunting our dogs. Just, we just, we're just hunting people. Nothing wrong with that at all nothing wrong with it, but the dog, you know, the pup is here now and I, I've never spoken to the breeder, don't know anything about him other than what I'm seeing on the pedigree, but the dog is soft. There's a lack of prey drive there. Hmm. Um, and it could be an individual thing, but you know, as I told the owner, I was like, I don't, I would like to see everybody's different definition of a, of a good hunting dog is different. Sure. Right. So what does that mean? You know, and, and again, the pedigree from my point of view, isn't going to say that you've got a rock solid, um, uh, dog there just because there are four generations of master hunters and, sure. you know, national champions and so forth. But it, it, there's an indication that, Hey, that breeder is still working to make sure that their dogs are able to go out there and train and compete and, you know, produce at the highest level. So it's sure. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good way to put it. I've heard uh, someone else put it as it's, it's, it's an odds game and, and it, looking at titles or, you know, winning in any of the, the games, horseback, whatever it is, get, could give yourself a little bit better odds, right? Because there's going to be, like you said, mm-hmm. one pup out of a litter might be phenomenal. The rest might be okay or vice versa. And so I think it's right. giving yourself the best chance for a solid, right? I mean, solid hunting dog. 
no, I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I mean, for, for you then, like for your personal dogs, let's say, what are some things that you, your definition of a great hunting dog, like what are your definitions of for your own personal dogs? What are some markers? What are some things that you would say, Hey, for, for a great hunting dog, here are the qualities that my dogs have. Yeah. So for us, um, you know, foundationally look at the health test. So before we'll breed, they've all got to pass. Um, we do a full chick certification on all of them. So all the GSPCA recommended health tests, get them done, get them back as long as they're clear and good. Um, so, you know, strong health background for the parents. Um, you know, so hopefully that will be able to kind of mitigate genetic issues, health issues or whatnot, but a dog that is, is trainable, that is personable. And I, I don't, there's a lot of really solid dogs out there that, you know, aren't really good house pets. You know, they, they, they keep them in a kennel and they train them, they compete with them and that's where they go back. But as a father of, you know, a couple of girls running around the house here, I want a dog I can come in and love up and girls can dress up sure. <laughs> all the craziness stuff that goes sure. on. Um, but then when you take them out of the house, we, we, everybody talks about that, that switch that can flip in a dog, hmm. but it's something we truly do look for. I mean, yeah. dogs around here in the house or in the front yard, backyard, just playing around, they're, they're different dogs. But as soon as they see me walking over to, to the bird field hmm. or pull the side by side around, it's like, there's, it's, switch they <laughs> they don't play it's work right? time and it's, it's time to go to work that's it and that's kind of what we look for it was funny this last um this last hunting season i guided a hunt for a guy and he for quail he and he lives in an apartment building he was like hey they're going to get real mad if we if i clean these birds there and <laughs> i you know come back to your place and i was like sure so we were just a couple miles down the road riding back and uh i'd let the dogs out of the box and they were just kind of playing around in the yard. And he was like, well, what dogs are these? Those aren't the ones I hunted over. It's like, yeah, they are. <laughs> he was like, well, they run different. I was like, yeah, that, that's, they're in a different mindset right now. <laughs> they're in, they're in their mentality. office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, they're just playing and having a good time now. But, but that is, is one of the things that I look for, you know, as far as a, a good solid dog, sure. um, you know, that that's know what, what we're supposed to do, you know, time and place kind of thing. And then in the field, um, you know, I like a dog that, that'll check in, you know, decent, that is confident enough to go out and hunt on its own, but also smart enough to understand that it's hunting for me. Hmm. And a lot of that's trained, right? Sure. Because they go through puppy phases and they want to go off and do their thing, but it's being able to reel them back in and, and get that connection with them where they understand that, um, you know, Hey, this is, I'm working for him. Not, I'm just not going to go and do whatever it is I want to do. Sure. In situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, David, I think you are my first guest from Indiana, by the way, or, or at least I'm talking to you someone from Indiana. Yeah. So congratulations on that. Um, gotta ask you, is there any wild bird hunting in Indiana? There is. Is I'm there? I'm going to tell you where. Oh, no, no, no. Don't tell us where. <laughs> there is. Don't tell no, us where. No, no, There is. Um, when I first moved here and, and even to this day, you, you hear the stories of what it was 10, 15 years ago. Um, and since I had been here for four years, like I said, I can go out and spend a lot of time. Indiana has several wildlife management areas that are run by the state. Um, they do some, put on some pretty good state run put and takes okay. um, for pheasant throughout the year. Um, you know, we do a lot of you know, deer hunting out there. And over the last two years, I've been able to flush a couple of coveys of, of wild quail. So, okay. which is encouraging because it's starting to come back. Oh, wow. um, on the Camp Atterbury side, there are wild quail everywhere 
the problem with it is, is that Camp Atterbury manages as with a lot of the state of Indiana, they manage it for the deer and turkey hunt. Okay. And so they'll come in and strip those fields two mm-hmm. days, you know, a week before opening day of bird season every year. Uh-huh. And it's you know nothing you can do. Um, wild pheasant, we've got, you know, small pockets of, and, you know, there's kind of a strip that runs, um, you know, Western side of the state and a lot of it's private land, but there are some public sure. stuff you can, you can get into. Okay. Um, and just to clarify, and so, the, qua- the quail are not put and take. Quail are just wild quail. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wild quail. And like I said, the, um, there, <coughs> excuse me, there are pockets of the wild pheasant as well. Sure. Um, which is. That's encouraging. That's, that's nice. It's not something I, I, I didn't know if there's any <laughs> true wild birds in the state, but that's, that's encouraging. It is. I think, you know, as me, you know, newer to the state, right. It's, I don't know what it was. I know what it is. Sure. I see the, the regulations and laws as far as predators. I think the state could do a lot more in terms of helping the wild population. Sure. In terms of predator control, um, coyotes, bobcats out of control around here. Oh, really? Um, you know, so you got that turkeys, a huge population, and there's a whole argument in the state over the fact that Indiana brought these turkeys in from Missouri. They did a swap. Oh. And, you know, we know how you know, turkeys are hard on, on, on brooding quail. Sure. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things that we could do better in order to, to bolster those populations and get them back up. Sure. Um, you know, hopefully in the next few years, we'll, yeah. we'll see a, well, a shift. But I'm sure that, like you said, the deer and Turkey is that, that's, that's where the you know money comes in for license, you know, sales and all that stuff. And so yeah. that's kind of, we, I have some family in Northern Indiana and that's, I mean, again, deer hunting is, the thing to do you don't you don't you don't hear of many i mean here are some turkey hunters but you don't hear of any bird hunters it's uh it's deer and that's that's all they hunt yeah Yeah. no it definitely is the deer hunting here is is, i have killed bigger deer than i've ever killed or and or seen in my life here like it's a blessing (laughs) yeah absolutely if you're a deer hunter that's a different story (laughs) that's it yeah that's awesome. Um, David, talk to me about, uh, we kind of danced around it earlier a little bit. Talk to me about starting Faith in the Point uh, Kennels. Where where did that dream come from? Where did that really start for you? For, for us, it was just a, you know, we love our dogs. We you know, want to be able to to share that with other people. And especially if we can share, you know, good dogs that, you know, are just a, a joy to be around. But also, too, you can go out and have a lot of fun in the field, you know, for a good long day of bird hunting. I've I've yet to take anyone bird hunting for the first time. They didn't bite, get the bug and just <laughs> absolutely fall in love. So, you know, the ability to combine those two. Um, and then as I transition, look to transition out of the Army, it was a, you know, I've got a degree in history education, but I have no desire to go and teach. And I was like, but... I still like to teach Mm. and dogs are pretty teachable (laughs) and they don't talk back. So (laughs) the, uh, that's kind of where that came and it was, you know, trying to get the name out and, you know, Hey, can I train your dog? Like this would, would have done for mine and and whatnot. And then, you know, one becomes two, two comes four and just word of mouth is, has been huge as far as the training side of things goes. Um, in terms of the business side of it, we, you know, I think a, a problem a lot of people have when they're starting a business is naming, right? <laughs> what, do, what do we name this thing? Right. And what is it going to be about? What are your core values? What, 
what is the foundation you're going to build this this off of? For us, it, it was our faith. So, you know, faith in the point, it's, you know, kind of originated from, you know, I was guiding a couple hunts for some friends and uh, both of them, two different times, different locations, dogs are on solid points and they're kicking around. It's like, bird's not here, your dog's crazy. And no sooner than they'd say that bird flushed up right out from underneath of them, I was like, look, man, you got to have faith in my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of, of stuck, but also to our, our, our religious faith. Um, we wanted to be able to show that off and, and we have been extremely blessed in order to be able to do this and to live this life that we do. And, you know, any way that we can to, to spread his word, his love and get his glory out there, the better. And we understood that by taking that stance and building it on our actual faith, that it was going to limit some clientele. It was going to push some people away, but that was, we're, we're willing to, to be okay with that. Sure. Right. Because we're, we also just realized we're never going to get rich training dogs and, <laughs> and it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So we're, you know, as long as we're comfortable and happy and, sure. and, you know, doing the Lord's work then Hey, that's, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and it just so kind of happened at the same time I have um, entered into Bible college and seminary at the same time. So it was like, Hey, you know, let's also, you know, use this to be able to pu publish our, you know, devotionals and, sure. you know, kind of tie it back in, in a relatable way to the outdoorsmen and the, the bird hunters out there. Sure. Um, and so that's kind of where the, you know, the, the ultimate start of the business and how, it, you know, the faith in the point came to be. And, yeah. you know, kind of what I, we I love that, on. man. I love that you're blending again, obviously two, two big parts of my life, bird dogs and <laughs> my faith, uh, yeah. the, the, blending those two things together. Um, I mean, what a combo, <laughs> what a combo to be able to do that, uh, again, with, with who you are and your family and your faith, but also then throw in, Hey, we're training bird dogs, but also there's so much more to that, um, that you can blend yeah. in. I think that's, that's super cool. Um, curious when you, you kind of mentioned that a little bit, you know, again, your business name, let's just say what it is, might deter mm -hmm. some people from having you train their dogs. Have you ever ran into any issues with that? Or has anyone ever said, Hey, because you know, or has that Luckily, not been an issue? No, I've actually, I, I take that back. I social media is a monster in and of itself. <laughs> no, I think it's, no. What, do you, some, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hugely beneficial, but also too, I feel like sometimes I spend more time moderating comments and deleting comments and just kind of separating myself from that. Sure. So I've never had a, you know, we've received some, you know, DM, some direct messages to us, you know, Hey, how are you out there putting this word out? And, you know, this other belief or this other faith is what you should, and you're going to have that. And that's okay. For me, that's just a, an opportunity for me to, you know, either one, let's, let's talk about this and let, let's let you, you know, I learn something about your faith or, you know, your perspective, but, you know, let me share with you where I'm coming from with this and sure. let me show you. Um, so it's, a, it's an opportunity to engage in conversation. Um, but as I said, I've never, other than that kind of stuff or the, the, the random comments, sure. um, on the other side of it though, it's, there's seldom a day that I don't get a message or a comment or an email that, Hey, I needed to hear that today, which you posted. And, you know, I love what you're doing. This, this is so inspirational. And yeah. those are the ones that, that make it all worth it. Mm. And it's, you know, 
Hey, no matter how many of the other stuff goes totally. on, all you need is a couple, right here couple of those positive fire. ones, man, just, just to see, uh, again, with the impact <laughs> it's having on someone. It could be one person, that yes. could be a whole family, whoever it might be. That Those are the things, like, like you're saying, make it so worth it. <laughs> yeah, and it does. And on the other you know, side, too, we, we have gained clients, <coughs> excuse me, um, be it, you know, individuals, family buying puppies from us and we only breed one, maybe two litters a year, just depending on what, what our females are, are doing. Um, but be it, be it training, be it, you know, puppies or whatnot, people, Hey, you know, I, I really respect your, your faith aspect and I want you to train our pups or I want a pup to come from you because of that. And that's encouraging as well that, you know, of all the choices out there that it's, it's the faith that they that drew them in, sure. And uh, that's cool. You know that unapologetic stance that we take on it. Yeah, so. I love that, man. We'll, we'll keep it up. <laughs> keep it up. Yes, sir. Um, all right. So I, I got to ask you this. So no one, no one just becomes a, a dog trainer overnight. No one just starts a kennel overnight. Um, where did you learn? You know, some of your training methods from who kind of de- helped develop you as a dog trainer? The army? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure part part of that, right? <laughs> Discipline, there, there hard work. I mean, come on. Yeah, I spend a lot of time as a drill sergeant. So there, there's always. I think the thing that that I always go back to in the field working with the dog is is that working with the drill sergeant or being a drill sergeant. And each private was different, hmm. so I had to interact with them differently. Just like every dog that I get in the field is different. Hmm. You know, we've two litters ago, we kept a male and a female for ourselves out of that litter, and completely two different dogs and two different styles in the field and, and, you know, training methods I had to use. Um, but outside of that, it was, it's, it's just been a kind of a, you know, I'm a huge sponge and try to be the most humble person in the world. And if there's somebody who's ever thought about training a dog, I'm going to listen to them and, you know, hear their, their thoughts, their tactics, things that they have used, things they have seen. And it may be something that I may never use, but I'm going to put it in the tool bag and I may have that one dog that I can't get through to. And, hey, I'm going to pull that back out. And let me, let me see if that'll work. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, just like everybody else, you, you read, you know, a bunch of books. I got I, I think probably old uh, gun dog with Walters. Oh, yeah. Probably yeah on I, every, got, every I got that, I got that one right up above shelf. me here. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that, you know, watch the, you know, Internet is great because there's a plethora of information out there and, with that, there's a lot of caution that has to be taken because if you got an iPhone and a dog, you can be a dog trainer. <laughs> like half, yeah. like half, of, half of America is. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, I had a joke with um, a, a mutual friend of ours at Enixhook the other day. And uh, he was like, everybody's got a podcast these days. <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's like, pretty, pretty true. You got a computer and uh, that's about all you need. That, that's it. And, you know, so it, it's really just kind of, I've got a lot of great mentors um, that I reach out to regularly and talk to and, Hey, you know, how do you do this? How do you go about it? Have you experienced this? Um, you know, Darrell Smith, Sporting Life Notebook. We've gone back and forth for quite some time. Sure. Um, you know, old rooster over here, excuse me, <clears throat> with um, just hounds. There's, there's a core group of people that we kind of bounce ideas off of, of one another. Sure. And, um, you know, we've got some, some, I've met a lot of great contacts that people that I would probably never really associate with outside of the dog training world, sure. just complete opposite ends of the spectrum from us, be it, be it faith, be it politically, be it whatever. Sure. Right. But 
it's nice that the dogs are the level ground that we come together yeah. and it's, you know, Hey, let's hold this conversation and, you know, let, let's learn from each other. Yeah. It's been, been really great. Yeah. That's so cool. W- would you say, w- you know, what is, what could someone expect, you know, by sending their dog to you? Um, I guess maybe a twofold question here. What's kind of like your program for, for a typical dog. And then second half of that is, um, I guess, what would you compare if someone asks, Hey, Hey David, what's your method or what's your style? Do you have any, any known trainer out there that it would compare to, or is it just kind of really your own method? <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> no, it does. It does. Um, and I get asked that a lot actually. And I'm always, um, you know, I don't know that I've ever given the same answer twice because I, I don't know that I, <laughs> it I, changes daily. Kind of, it, it's sat down and like, hey, hey, this is is a major influence because hey, depending on what dog it is, it may be the, you know the, the Smith method. It may be some standing stones kind of stuff. It may be some you know down south Ferris Miller type stuff. It's just whatever works for that dog in that moment kind of thing. And you know, for me, it it's awkward. When you know this pro train, like no, I'm just a guy who who has been blessed to to have put out some pretty good dogs and, and had some luck <laughs> and some good outcomes out there. Sure. Like I, every day is learning for me, hmm. and it's you know so I kind of always shy away and get all awkward about the, this you know pro thing. But it's for us, um, you know, program wise, a lot of it depends on the background of the dog. Sure. Um, what experience it has, what exposure to birds, to other trainers and, and so forth. Um, and, but so if I get a, you know, say a, a new puppy, no exposure, mm-hmm. right. I typically, I say that at a bare minimum, like I want them to be able to leave out of here at a, able to, to enter into an AKC hunt test and achieve a junior hunter title. Mm-hmm which admittedly is not that difficult, right? You've got to have a dog that'll listen to you in the field. They can find birds, will hold a point until they get the, the handler gets within shotgun range, right? As with the regulation, um, the rule state. And that that's very, what is shotgun range kind of deal. Sure. But I expect the dog to hold until I flush and then still better hold. Um, so that's kind of what we do, you know, in that for a new pup, those 30 days, I don't want to push them too hard, especially depending on how old they are. Sure. Um, I want them to training sessions need to be short. They need to be light and fun. I'll try to incorporate um, a couple times a day, hands on them. Think yard work, the, the basic obedience, the heel. I'm, I'm huge on teaching place, um, the use of a place board. I think it is, is extremely beneficial for a lot of things. Um, for one, here in the house, we use them. I've got place boards sitting right here beside my desk. Um, good place to send the dogs. Like, hey, place. They go. They're out of the way. They know that that's their spot. Sure. In the field as well, um, you know, if I've got the dogs out dove hunting in the morning, I want them to stay put, you know, and I can kind of let them know this is your place. Sit down and stay until I release you. Sure. Um, and then I use the place boards to assist in the retrieving um, side of things. So dog comes in, I'll start working place board with just simple recall. And so every time that they come, they're coming into my non-firing side. I've, I'm standing on that side of a place board and that's where they return to. Well, we transition from that into throwing a bumper with them. So now they're retrieving that bumper into that, you know, good heel position sure. on that place board, um, which then transitions in the field that they're bringing that bird in on a retrieve back into that good position. Um, 
so I work a lot of that kind of stuff in, in the yard. And then depending on what phase we're at in the field, um, you know, maybe it's gun breaking or, you know, whatever the, the sure, situation whatever may the goals be are, as yeah. we progress through. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that one of the, the things that I'm biggest on is before I bring a dog in is sitting down and actually trying to ascertain what the end state and goals are of that owner. Hmm. What is it that you're looking for? Sure. What are, what is your experience? What is your capability to maintain or to continue to, to train a dog or, or um, <clears throat> excuse me, reinforce what they've learned here through the rest of the off season and into the, the actual hunting season and actually during that, because it's, I think it's social media, it's, it's people. We hear a lot of, of terms out there that, you know, I want a dog that's steady to wing shot and fall. I want a dog that's this. That is great. I, I can get your dog there. Sure. I've got a whole string of them that we've done. But, you know, there's also two, especially if it's a younger dog, there's a lot of work that goes to get that to become muscle memory and just what the dog mm -hmm. does, right? Sure. Because the first time you let a dog creep or you let it break, now you're you're allowing a bad habit to start to form. Sure. Um, and so trying to, to talk to, to individuals and say, what is it that you can realistically, you know, expect to maintain yeah. and, you know, moving forward? Is it pretty common for, for owners to come in, you know, again, that first conversation from their side saying, I want the moon. I want steady wing shot, fall, release, all that. In your conversations, is it pretty common to, those goals get back down a little bit to based on, on their experience or. Hey, yes and no. I've, I've had some that I've, you know, kind of been able to walk it back. Um, had a, a situation, had a guy call me. I typically stay pretty booked up for training. Um, right now through the rest of the year, I'm, I can't take any more dogs. I've, I've committed to too many. I have sure. problem saying no. <laughs> and, uh, so I had a guy, reach out back late September, early October, wanting me to work a dog for him. Young pup. He was like, I've never had a bird dog. I've never bird hunted. I want to get into it. I've got, you know, a couple of young boys that I want to teach. And he was one of the ones that reached out. He's a former veteran. And because of the faith, he was like, you know, I've seen your, your stuff. And he was like, I want you to be the one worth the dog. I said, great. Love to do it. It's going to be February before I can, you know, get the dog in just time wise. And so in the meantime, he had joined local pheasant quail forever chapter. He joined an ABDA chapter and just getting excited and, sure. you know, doing the right things, right. Yeah, Trying yeah. to become a part of the community and learn. Well, then he comes in and he was like, I want the dog steady to wing shot and fall. I want it backing. Basically what he's describing is like a master hunter standard. Sure. And I was like, hey, we can do that. Um, one, your time frame of how long and budget for how long he had to be able to sure. To, me to have a dog was, was kind of, kind of limiting anyway. But so I tried to talk to him about it, but he was adamant. Nope. This is what I want. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. So I'd say six weeks in had the dog in a really, really good spot. Like dogs, a lot of fun to hunt over. And I was like, look, meet me at a local hunting preserve. I want to show you where we're at. Um, took some birds with me. I planted 10, 10 quail. I said the first five, I want to show you what you're going to have to do throughout this first season because the dog was real young. Sure. If you want to be able to maintain that level of steadiness that you're looking for. And then, you know, the next five will let you hunt the way you want to. And so we go out, the dog slams a point, 
and he shoots, dog goes to break before, give it the release command. So I stop, pick the dog up, put it back, make it hold, you know, dead bird fetch here, release, it brings it in, it drops it early. So I pick it up, do a little hold condition drill with it, put it back in. In the side, we go to find the next bird. And there was a different problem. I forget what it was. But anyway, after two or three of these birds, he was like, you're still working. I was like, yes, because as soon as you let the dog creep, it's going to think that's okay. (laughs) Sure. Um, And so he was like, yeah, I don't know. So then we went the next five. I was like, just just hunt as you would, right? Just have fun. And went out there and he was like, yeah, you were right. I I don't have the knowledge or time to be able to, to do that. This dog hunts really good, and I just had a blast. Mm. Can I take her home now? <laughs> yes, you can take your dog home. <laughs> That's good. And I always tell them, it's not me trying to, you know, to because I can't. It's just I want – I don't want it to be a situation where, you know, they've invested a lot of time and money into a dog to get it trained. And then, sure. you know, six, nine months, a year later, they're you know, this dog doesn't listen to anything. This I've wasted my money and, you know, daggone faith in the point, like – no, let, let's be realistic about what sure. you're able to do on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cl- yeah. Realistic expectations and goals, you know, because yes. we might as a new hunter, I can do this. Anyone can do this. You you get excited. You see something online. Oh, I want my dog like that. But then you got to yes. back up and go, OK, do I have the capability to, like you're saying, reinforce that? Do I have, you know, a whole bunch of things yeah. go into that though. Hey, that is a wrap of episode 88, part one, with my conversation with David Stover. Be sure to check out part two, dropping in just a few days for the rest of our conversation. We tackle more about a bunch of training questions, uh, starting dogs on birds, um, and field trials, hunt tests, and a little bit of NAVDA. Uh, We don't go too deep into that, but uh, we wrap this conversation up in a couple days, so make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. Get episode two coming out very, very soon. David, thank you so much, brother. Uh, It was great getting to know you. Um, We got one more episode dropping with you, so everyone stay tuned. Hey, uh, if you have not already, we are so close. (laughs) We are so close to 200 uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts. That is, I think, pretty good. Uh, I'm pretty proud of the reviews and what this podcast has meant uh, to each and every one of you. So if you have not already, head over to uh, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. I think we're five or six away from 200, which I think is a pretty cool milestone. Um, I may even throw a hat out there, a couple hats maybe. Uh, once we get over 200, uh, maybe that that 200th person <laughs> will uh, will get some stickers and a hat coming your way. So be sure to head over, leave a rating and review. I read every single one of those. Uh, it kind of lets me know how is this podcast impacting or helping someone in some way. Um, So I love reading those. Keep them coming in. It really helps the podcast keep growing. Uh, The whole algorithms with Apple and Spotify to some degree um, just helps get the podcast out there to more bird hunters and dog lovers just like you. Um, So guys, until next time, go put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care.